Hello and welcome to another episode of My News Rep, news from the world of SAP, Microsoft and the world in between. So what was up this week in this large ecosystem? First of all, um, one reference to um, a topic that I have talked about last week about an SAP community call um, with the SAP CTO Jürgen Müller that was um, given, I think, two weeks ago. Um, if you missed it, you can now re-watch it, um, re-fetch all the information. It's now available on YouTube. Um, and yeah, I have referenced, as usual, the link in the show notes. Now, um, as Sapphire kicked off last week with the keynote, of course, there is some aftermath um, about the keynote. I mean, Sapphire is still running, is still going on. Um, but of course, the announcements from the keynote were picked up. And I want to highlight one blog post um, by Joshua Greenbaum about, yeah, as I mentioned last week, one of the biggest announcements about the SAP Business Network Initiative where SAP wants to become the Facebook of, of the business network. And Joshua kind of picks up the topic and, and walks through about the, the things that have been mentioned and also what might be interesting for not the, those big companies and also what might be some, some glitches that come along. So, <clears throat> yeah, interesting read from my perspective. And then um, one of the, the highlights this week, at least for me, because I really like the format, um, Holger Müller, um, from Constellation R and uh, Martin Fischer had their quarterly SAP review, um, which I really like. And you can, if you missed it, you can catch up um, either on, I think it's Periscope. Um, I have referenced the, the link to the video or Martin was really fast. Um, you can simply watch it as a podcast, uh, listen to it as a, a podcast on SAP Coffee Corner Radio. So it's also available there. Main topic, of course, is um, SAP Sapphire and the announcements coming from there. And then one thing that I also would like to <clears throat> yeah, raise your attention to concerning Sapphire. I mean, we all know that, that the demos might be a bit um, made up or it might be lab previews, which is perfectly fine from my perspective. But there was one tweet that, that crossed my path um, about a, a demo of uh, Signavio, which I, I haven't seen it, but according to the one who tweeted it, uh, John Appleby, uh, it was quite impressive. And then when taking a closer look at the uh, screenshot and at the, the simulation, it became yeah, obvious for those of you who know Signavio, that this simulation wouldn't run because there is an, an BPM um, element in the uh, flow that isn't supported in simulations. And well, there was a little bit of, of chat going around. And the point is that exactly it's not supported. So the simulation that they have shown during the demo does not work. And the answer is, well, no customer requested um, that feature to have this BPM element uh, working in the simulation. So, well, the, the fair question is, why do you show it then? So, um, if if you're watching uh, things about Signavio, then uh, I would say for at least for this Sapphire, watch out because 
it might be a bit too breathtaking and uh, reality might might hit harder than than you think um when when it comes to using it um yeah something that i want to draw your attention to because last week i said i think sap is a bit struggling with with uh, the signavio topic and obviously they they did not yet um put a real handle on on the topic now to another topic uh, that was handed out at the beginning of this year uh, the SAP Developer Insight Survey that was, I think, took place at the at January and February uh, this year, and now uh, the results are there. Um, there is one blog post by Thomas Grassel about uh, about that one with some some highlighted key values, and there is also a reference to a report where you can take a closer look at. I mean, take it with a grain of salt. This survey focuses on SAP developers, so the, the point of view is really mostly SAP developers. So it's not from the, from my perspective, at least what, what I have seen, not from the, the broader ecosystem, I would say. It's mostly experienced SAP developers. And there is one thing um, that you have to kind of look over. Um, all the graphics in there have an issue. So all the, the there, there are spaces, there are white spaces in there absolutely widely mixed so it's not quite fun to watch this and i hope um sap will fix it at least they know that there is a problem with um the, the graphic stuff then with this uh, more general topics let's switch to um to the business technology platform there is one really cool tutorial um from sap about using the event mesh on sap business technology platform the code for this tutorial is also available on uh, the, the GitHub repo, which is currently, unfortunately, an internal GitHub repo. I hope that they will push it out um, soon. As usual, uh, that's kind of an error that they, they often make when they uh, publish blog posts. But um, let's see. Yeah, it's, it's talking about the event mesh. It's really an extensive walkthrough. So even without the code snippets, you, you can uh, follow along that one. And um, it's not as the title would um, well guide you through, uh, restricted to, to China, Shanghai region, but you can do that basically everywhere where you have an event mesh on your business technology. Now, um, there was another announcement or news around the area of custom extensions for S4 HANA. As you might know, there is a, a practical guide for um, custom extension implementation, and that one was updated now in uh, May and was released quite recently, um, which of course also tackles the, the topic of um, SAP Business Technology Platform and side-by-side -side extensions, and also the topic that I um, mentioned last week about the new option of on stack extensions, which is kind of an embedded steampunk, at least that's how it was called uh, during the last uh, tag. Now, with that, one news from the area of the cloud application programming model, um, or more an announcement. The um, recap, the community conference about the cloud application programming model um, will take place not too far away on 25th of June. And since yesterday, the agenda is available. Um, yeah, 
quite packed. So a lot of talks, um, partly contributions, of course, by SAP, but a lot of contributions also by the um, wider community. Um, also talking about the, the adoption of the cloud application programming model on different um, scenarios. So that's really uh, interesting. I think really uh, quite worth watching. And what's important, you do not have to uh, register. You just can go to the link and enjoy. Then to um, Kima, one blog post that I would like to highlight in the area of Kima is um, one about writing a, a webhook in Kima for a chatbot. A quite short and crisp walkthrough um, about how to do that, creating your function, exposing your function. And what I especially, especially liked about the, uh, the blog post is the sentence at the end. All in all, it was a little easier than how I deployed my Python script via the Cloud Foundry CLI. So yeah, I, I think Kima really is uh, quite helpful with building extensions. And I also think that it's, depending on your, on your type of extension, easier than, than Cloud Foundry. So yeah, that's why I like it, but I anyway like Kima. Now with that, uh, let's switch to the Microsoft part of the house and to my beloved Azure Functions. There was one announcement by the um, uh, product management of Azure Functions. Uh, so what's new with .NET on Azure Functions in June? And the big announcement was that there is a sneak peek for the uh, .NET 6.0 support on Azure Functions with uh, the new... Um, version of the Azure Function Core Tools, uh, currently version 3. Now, the, the, the preview is based on version 4. And you can now take a look how those things behave with .NET 6.0, which is planned to be supported right from the start. So when .NET uh, is released, um, there, there should be full support with Azure Functions. And uh, the, the important thing here is, for those who use Azure Functions uh, with .NET, um, you now have two options how to run them. You can run them in, in isolated processes, or you can run them as in-process functions in the same process as the uh, function worker. So um, with .NET 5, only the isolated process was, was possible. With .NET Core 3.1, it was only the in-process function. So you can now really take a look at that. And I hope that um, this in-process function availability of .NET 6.0 will also kind of shine through to um, to the other languages because they, uh, right from the start, only had uh, the isolated process function. So let's see and keep our fingers crossed that something is coming there too. Then um, another short and crisp uh, blog post about building Azure static web apps, making use of the CLI, um, which should, yeah, quite quickly get you started with uh, developing Azure Static Web Apps completely locally. So the, the, yeah, the blog post is quite short um, because there is not that much to do just to get up and running. Um, and there are some additional links on, on getting you deeper into the topic. So yeah. I think one of the hottest things and one of the things that um, you should take a look at when, when working on Azure. Then um, another blog post from the real life, so to say, <clears throat> um, um, 
by a company called um, ASOS. And they're from the, from the notifications team of ASOS who make use of um, Azure Durable functions for all the notifications that they send out to customers about the, the state of their order and so on, and all the, the service emails that you get. And that, that was quite impressive. So um, it was 100K email notifications per day sent out to ASOS customers making use of durable functions. So that's that's really quite a number. And I, I really like this blog post because it doesn't only walk you through uh, the, the architecture and what they used in order to make this uh, notification thingy work, but they also dive into topics that are often um, forgotten, like um, cleaning up the storage of the history in the instances when you have to deal with that huge amount of, um, of durable functions um, in your in your system. Then um, another video uh, dealing with Azure Functions or with um, uh, Cosmos DB change feeds and Azure Functions, which is kind of, uh, I, I would even call it pattern when you work with Cosmos DB and, and Functions to make use of, of the change feed. Um, if you have not yet seen or worked with Cosmos DB uh, and have not heard about a change feed, watch this video because that's really uh, a great functionality. Then um, a last contribution to the serverless area. There was one stream about how to automate your office space with Azure Durable Functions. Uh, quite interesting uh, scenario, quite interesting use case, how you can do that, how you can make use of this, this workflow uh, type of handling that you have with Durable Functions in order to automate some tasks in your office. And uh, if you take a closer look at the video, you will also see a nice contribution for VS Code called VS Code Pads. Now with that, um, I'll switch to the more general news around the Azure ecosystem. One thing that I came across this week was the API portal, which is an, an open source um, API portal under MIT license published by um, Azure, by the Azure team, um, which is based on the uh, official offering of Microsoft. And yeah, you can use that in order to build your first API portal for free um, and support a GitHub-based workflow for publishing and consuming um, APIs. So if you if you start with uh, that topic or if you have the need for an API portal, maybe that's really worth uh, a very first look how to use it before you, you switch to another API portal provider. Then um, from the area of low-code, um, the Power Platform, that was one announcement this week about the introduction of the modern app designer, which is now available in preview. So you can now... Uh, you have now um, in preview a new experience with respect to uh, designing your Power Apps um, with the restriction that uh, they are have to be model-driven apps. So yeah, if you're working there in that area, take a look at it because I think it's quite useful, quite nice experience for working with that stuff. And then from the area of, um, let's say, DevOps, uh, there is one uh, GitHub repo that I would like to highlight um, about a template analyzer. So if you are working with our 
ARM templates, so the Azure Resource Manager templates, um, you might want to analyze them and check out if they follow the best practices available out there. And yeah, with this uh, template analyzer, you can do that. It's currently not yet released for uh, production usage, but I mean, at least for, for development purposes, and at least giving you a cross-check, I think that's quite useful. Then, um, two more, uh, or one more thing from the Azure space. Um, I announced, I think, two weeks ago uh, of the build that the Azure Web PubSub service is available. Um, if you want to have a short description in the form of a video, here you go. Um, Azure Friday brought out a new video dedicating one session exactly to the service of Azure Web PubSub. Yeah, with that um, short switch to the area of SAP and Microsoft. So there is not too much news that I have there. Uh, just one session from Sapphire now that I kind of want to reference. Um, there was a session by Thomas Towersick Sour Essig on um, building a resilient and sustainable supply chain um, with several guests. And one of them was um, Scott Guthrie, um, who talked about how Microsoft is adopting the supply chain. And they also talked a bit about uh, the collaboration of SAP and Microsoft. So um, not, not too deep insights, but I, I also wouldn't expect that from, from Sapphire. But if you want to know how as, uh, how Microsoft is, is using that stuff, then take a look at, at this part of the video. So it's not exclusively between Scott and, and Thomas, but there are a lot of other guests in there. So you have to, to uh, scroll a bit through the video to find the right spot. Um, <clears throat> and then one topic um, that I want to raise your attention to, if you're using Azure Logic Apps, you might have seen that there are uh, connectors to SAP, ERP connectors, but there is not yet an official SAP OData connector. However, Microsoft is working on that topic and there is a private preview for an official SAP OData connector for Azure Logic Apps. If you want to participate in that um, preview, there is a link referenced in the reply to the blog post, uh, to, the, to the tweet of David Burke, um, which guides you to a list where you can sign up for the private preview. And, and hopefully you get then access to that one and can try out the official SAP OData connector. With that, I would like to switch to the area of education and events. Um, first of all, I have a little bit of a, of a yeah, section around CNCF, the Cloud Native Interactive Landscape, because there was quite some announcements this week uh, that, that came out. Um, first of all, I guess most of you know the uh, cloud native landscape that is available on an, in an interactive version. And if you take a look at that one, um, it's just huge. It's basically overwhelming what's available in that um, ecosystem. So if you start with that, you just get completely stunned and basically paralyzed. Where should I start? Now, there is a trail map for, for you um, that's available on GitHub that helps you starting with your cloud native journey. 
And that's that's what I basically want to highlight. So don't get overwhelmed by the um, <clears throat> interactive landscape. Go to that trail map and then walk through and yeah, grow as you go into this ecosystem. Now, in order to make um, your life even more comfortable with within the area of, of CNCF, there are two formats uh, that they are now pushing out to, to, to help you uh, get an understanding of the different areas. Um, first of all, there is um, this week, it started off this week, uh, the Cloud Native TV show um, that is starting now with uh, 10 new community shows um, on, on absolutely different topic. Um, also, anyone can contribute to that. So if you, if you have a topic, you can bring that up. Um, and that's something that, that is quite cool. And there's also another format that's a bit hidden on the YouTube channel of CNCF that might also come in quite handy. That has now, it's, I think, fourth edition or something like that. It's called Cloud Native Life. Um, you really have to, to walk through the videos. There is no playlist for that. But it's also uh, community-based um, on absolutely uh, different uh, topics around the area of, of CNCF. Like the, there have been two sessions, for example, on crossplane, which is also quite interesting. Um, talking about cloud-native applications, there is also a playlist that I want to highlight uh, from Microsoft Azure, which was also updated, um, I think, two weeks ago. Um, which now contains 25 videos all around the area of cloud-native application development, but of course with a focus on what Azure has under their belt in order to support you with that. And then uh, one thing that uh, took place already quite some time ago, um, I think it was end of April, not 100% sure, um, which is uh, Conf42. Uh, Cloud Native 2021, which was a one-day conference with a lot of tracks all around the topic of cloud native development. And now finally, the official um, watch list uh, playlist is available on YouTube. So if you missed that conference, like me, um, you now have the change, chance to catch up with that topic. So um, yeah something to watch for the weekend. And as we have now uh, talked a lot about uh, online conferences and currently Sapphire is taking place as an online conference and maybe you want to, to bring your, um, your meetup uh, to a new level and starting an online conference, there is one blog post that you might want to read before that uh, by a regular guest on my podcast, Tobias Hoffmann, um, about suggestions for online conference organizers which highlights quite some important um, points about who is the, the real person um, in the center of an online conference, about agenda building, which is something that I think nobody yet, even Microsoft has not perfectly fiddled out how to do that um, in, an, in an intuitive and comfortable way. Um, and, and a lot of other information, I think, uh, based on one topic about time zones based or initiated by Sapphire Now experiences. Um, but that's that's really an um, interesting blog post, um, kind of a different story, but uh, definitely worth reading. Then um, I would like to switch to the, the last section of my, my podcast, 
concerning developer productivity. I have one tip that um, was uh, a tweet by Will Velida. Um, when you're working with Azure Functions and you want to have um, want to do local development and want to to fetch the settings from your um, function app, which is well, somewhere in Azure, um, there is one really cool command from the uh, function core tools that he highlighted in the tweet that will replicate you um, the uh, settings to your local settings.json. So that's really, uh, really cool. And I think really helpful if you're working with um, Azure Functions. And then one last thing, nothing brand new, but maybe not that well known. Um, we all work a lot with, with GitHub and GitHub is pushing a lot of new things out and they're really open for, for feedback and for uh, discussions and for um, making suggestions for improvements. And if you do not know where to put your feedback, there is one central landing page which uh, references all the different uh, feedback channels, for example, for, of course, the new stuff like uh, code spaces, like discussions. Then, of course, on the, on the GitHub mobile uh, experience, and there is also one, one channel for general feedback. So if you have feedback, if you want to make suggestions, this is the place to go, or at least this is the landing page where you can then um, give your dedicated feedback on the different topics. And yeah, with that, I'm at the end of this week's My News Wrap. I hope I had some interesting news for you, at least a lot to catch up if you missed uh, that on, uh, on, on YouTube um, from different conferences. And with that, yeah, I wish you a nice Friday, a nice weekend, and see you next week. Until then, bye.